Good evening, welcome into the Irish NFL show. We are live across Ireland, across the UK, across the world. Thursday night football tonight, biggest game of the season, the Jaguars against the Bengals. Very excited, but more importantly than that, we're delighted to be joined by Michael Lombardi from the GM Shuffle podcast. Great articles in the Daily Coach as well, Daily, and uh, just returning to the show again. First time we're coming on to the show live, we're going to bring him straight on here. Uh, Michael. Yes, Very sir. Warm. Welcome back to the Irish NFL show and uh, Slauncha on this uh, lovely Thursday <laughs> evening. Thank you. It's good to be here. I appreciate it. You guys are up late, man. You, you know, you. I couldn't do what you guys do. I couldn't. I, I would have to just watch it the next day. After it gets past 11 o'clock, it's way past my bedtime. You know, so you're doing good. You guys are good. You must have some good drinks over there. It's 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 not easy, Michael. I'll tell you what. Um, how are you enjoying the season so far? It's hard to believe we're going into week four here, Michael. It's, it's hard to believe. I love it. I think it's great. I mean, look, it's uh, we're learning a lot. You know, Justin Herbert's a great player. We see that. You know, Mahomes is struggling, and in spite of what you know, they tell you that he's that he's no look passes are sensational. He's turned the ball over too much. It's the first time I've seen him struggle. Uh, you know, really, the Chiefs said, "Who would have thought they'd be one and two? Uh, ben Roethlisberger looks like he's running in cement. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz looks like his eye level hasn't improved from Philadelphia. And you could see why Philly wanted to make a change. So, and there's other positives that are going on. I mean, it's just, it's fun to watch Denver all right there, that, you know, come back. I thought Denver was a good team all year. And last year they, they struggled. I think Teddy Bridgewater's given them some hope. The West is great, right? The Raiders 3-0. and Derek Carr could be the MVP of the league right now. So it's a fun year, you know, but it is September. And I think what we learned about the National Football League is September is an extension of the preseason. And let's not overreact to teams that are winning in September. Even the Bengals are winning in September. And I suppose it it is September. You know, we shouldn't overreact. But one of the talking points this uh, over the past few weeks has been uh, Urban Meyer and, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the USC talk, the fact that no one was shocked by that, I think I thought was telling. And then obviously that uh, conversation on the, the sidelines with Vic Fangio, where he said it was like playing Alabama every week. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Urban's uh, transition to the NFL thus far, Michael? I think it's been rough. I think, you know, I think Urban found out that you need to have a really good staff. I'm not sure that's the right staff. He'll probably, if he stays in the NFL, he'll make a lot of staff changes. You know, it's different. You know, when you're when you're at Ohio State, and Urban has always been a recruiter. And so really what he spends most of his time with is recruiting, making sure he's got four and five stars. When you're in the NFL, you know, you can't out-recruit anybody. you got to out-coach people. And if coaching isn't the X's and O's aren't your specialty and you've got to rely on other people, it's really challenging. Now, Nick Saban is a great recruiter, but he's also one of the best X's and O coaches. And it in pro football wasn't for him. I don't think pro football's for Urban. I really don't. I just think it's too hard for him. I think he doesn't understand what it takes to win, how to win, how to play. I think he was, should take the USC job, but I don't think it's a shameful thing to do. I think he should just say, look, I'm a better college coach than I am a pro coach. I'm going to go enjoy it. You know, I'm going to go enjoy it. I don't have anything to prove. I tried it. You know, Lou Holtz tried it. It didn't work. You know, we've seen Bud Wilkinson try it. It didn't work. I mean, we've seen college guys try it. It's a completely different game. It's a completely different game. It's chess. And if you haven't played high-level chess in college for years, you're going to get get blindsided, and he has. 
Michael, can I talk to you about Matt Nagy and this quarterback dilemma in Chicago? You know, he, he was adamant for, for the offseason that Dalton was the quarterback. Kind of fell into the situation last week where he had to start fields, nine, nine sacks in the game. I was wondering this week, would it be a narrative there that he would say, I was vindicated and think that Dalton should be the quarterback. And now even today, he's, he's not been very clear in terms of who's going to start the game on Sunday. Is he trying, well, to, is he trying to lose the job at some stage the way he's going on? Yeah, I mean, look, he knows it's he's hanging on by a thread, right? He understands that. And, I mean, look, he Justin Fields, let's just put him in a, a different category. He's not ready to play. You know, he's not ready to be a starting quarterback on a team. There's just no way. Either it's Trey Lance, you know, probably Zach Wilson and Tre- Trevor Lawrence aren't either. And, you know, Mac Jones is, but he isn't. So it's hard for rookies to come in and play right away. And I, I don't really think it's – and I think Nagy was right to to want to play Dalton. But my point about playing Dalton was let's build an offense around Dalton. Let's build an offense around Fields and let him grow and we'll play him. Dalton, what he wants to do with Fields is put him in the Dalton offense and that doesn't work. You know, that's really poor. So, you know, one thing I think he, you know, look, they didn't double on Miles Garrett. They, Nagy has never been about players. He's always been about his sheet and his plays. You know, and and I think that gets in the way of him being a really good coach. I mean, his offenses have not been good since he's been in Chicago. I mean, he had the one really good year, and I think a lot of that was to the schedule they were playing. But for the most part, they have not been a good offensive team in Chicago. And I'm worried about Fields. I worried about him coming out in college. I didn't think he had great anticipation with throws. I think he's got a great arm. I think he can move. But I think what, what these RPO quarterbacks from our college game they hold the ball a little too long, and it takes them a while to understand how they need to get rid of the football before the receiver's in their break. There's a sense of anticipation. There's a rhythm to playing quarterback. And it's like a boxer. You've got to have a really good sense of it. Yeah, I mean, Michael, sometimes the hype isn't real, and uh, they're not ready for primetime players, if you like. I mean, Justin Fields, they're net one yard if you took his passing yards and deducted the sacks, which is not a stat that anybody's going to be proud with. But it seems to me like, you know, we get past week one and we get past all the ridiculous overreactions that occur in week one. Like, Green Bay certainly doesn't look in the same amount of trouble they might have looked after that Saints game, for example. But... There are a few signs this year which have always flattered to deceive. They've always been like, they should be good. They should be a contender, but we're always messing up. I'm thinking of teams like the Cowboys. They've been doing it for 30 years, so they're pretty good at it at this stage. But the Rams as well, the Chargers, you mentioned Justin Herbert, and and even the Cards, obviously. You know, great opening with it. They win, but they they look like they've got the makings of a good team. Out of that bunch, who do you feel is like really a contender and who's still going to be a pretender? Well, I, I definitely think the Rams are contenders. I think they're really good. Uh, you know, I think McVay's finally has a drop-back pass game, something he didn't have with Matthew Stafford. He doesn't just necessarily have to win with all of his uh, play-action passes. So I definitely think he's he's for real there. I think there's no doubt about that. They're cutting the grass out in front of my house here, so I apologize. But uh, So I think that. I think the Cardinals are fortunate to be 3-0. and if the kick, if Joseph makes that kick, they're two and one. You know they've played Minnesota great. I think Kyler Murray's outstanding. You know, I, but their defense is suspect. They give up too many yards in the passing game. Challenging game this week against the Rams. It'll see what happens. I think if you can keep Murray in the pocket, you have a better chance. That's a harder thing to do. And you know, I, I think as we look over the landscape of the league, I think that so often it's early. 
that these teams that we think are really good, it's the matchups. Like Denver, for example, they, they've won the – I call it the Frank Sinatra Tour, right? They beat New York, New York, right? So, you know, they won those two games against the Giants and the Jets, but and then they beat Jacksonville. Are they really good? We'll know this week after they play Baltimore, right? They've had a lot of injuries. I mean, they lose Chubb. They lose Hamler. Hamler they lose Judy. They lose some, the linebacker. I mean, they've lost some significant players in the first four or three weeks. So I think the more we get into this, we'll learn about some of these teams. And I think that the bumps that you experience in September make you better in November. Michael, obviously a very good start to the Steelers. Week one, beating the Bills. But since then, it's been downhill. Two defeats. But not just defeats, Michael, but the manners of the defeats. What's your thoughts going ahead to this game at the weekend, going up against Green Bay, but just generally with Big Ben and the Steelers? Well, you know, I mean, Tomlin's good as an underdog. He's six and a half points. He's an underdog. He's usually good in that situation, which is exactly the number in Buffalo. You know, but what bothers me about Pittsburgh is their offensive line. I mean, Najee Harris averages 3.1 yards a carry. Big Ben looks like he's running in cement shoes. I mean, he looks like he's, you know, what they did to Big Puss and the Sopranos. You know, it looks like he can't move at all, right? And so that's a problem. And, you know, he can't throw the ball down the field. He averages 6.2 yards per attempt. They can't run it. They can't throw it. Defensively, they have a ton of injuries. T.J. Watt didn't play. Highsmith didn't play. Melvin Ingram got hurt. I mean, I just think it's hard. And Green Bay played better defensively against San Francisco, way better against San Francisco than I thought they would. You know, because Detroit moved the ball at will on Green Bay. They really did. It wasn't until the second half that, and on that fourth and four where they made a play, Stokes made a play over on the left sideline, they, they actually stopped them. And then Green Bay came on to win that game and cover. But for me, I think this is hard for Pittsburgh because it starts up front. I have a saying. Bad offensive lines don't travel. And I and that's why I didn't touch the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game week one because I, I would have been on the Buffalo side. But this week, Pittsburgh, six-and-a-half point in Green Bay. When you go to Green Bay, here's another thing I think you guys got to – Green Bay's field is slick. You'll see more guys slip. It's harder to pass rush up there than you think. For some reason, I've seen kickers go approach the ball and kick the ball and fall right on their ass. I mean, it looks like the follies over there, the way people slip. And it's harder to rush the passer than you think. It's a hard game for Pittsburgh. It really is. They're just not there in a lot of areas. And I'm not sure Ben's the same player he once was. Michael, you mentioned the, the Broncos already, but I'm interested, I suppose, in terms of there was all the talk in the offseason, the QB competition, and, um, you know, Teddy, Teddy, steady Teddy, Drew with the big arm. Well, we've seen Teddy come in. We've seen him go through. You know, but more than that, we've seen, I suppose, the leadership. Um, look, Von Miller is the world's biggest cheerleader for his guys when he's at the podium. But there was the, the clip of Von talking um, to Teddy during the game where he doesn't realize, I guess, the cameras are on him. And he says, you know, this, this is the first time I felt good about a QB since 18 was in town. And we've heard talk that Teddy put a lot of effort in before he even arrived in Denver and getting to know about players so that when he met guys like Garrett Bowles, he knew about Bowles, who his family were. He ensured that some of the rookies kind of moved their lockers so they were around him. So he was getting that vibe together. Do you think, I suppose, you talk, like, I, I know you write and you talk a lot about leadership and the importance of leadership. Is that the biggest factor with, with Teddy that he's brought? To, is that what the, the Broncos were really missing? I think it is. I think his leadership is outstanding. And I think the other factor is he's not losing the games for him. I think that's what Von Miller's talking about. I mean, 
he, he manages the game really well. And, and they've been able to control the football for a long time, and they're still not the best third-down team in football. They still have some areas to improve. So I think what Teddy's done is given exactly what Vic Fangio wants is, I wouldn't say it's spectacular play, but I think it's solid play at the quarterback position. And then Vic's scheme is hard to play against. He, he lines up, you think he's in cover two every single snap, and he changes it. Like it was not even fair for poor Zach Wilson last week. He had no idea what was going on. Neither did Trevor Lawrence, neither did Daniel Jones. So I think I think that's all Denver needed. Now, what worries me about Denver is these injuries, right? Josie Jewell gets hurt. You know, they lose Darby's been out with a hamstring. I mean, they've lost a lot of guys. They're they're wounded. They're really wounded. So is Baltimore. But I like Denver's team. Michael, a great article this week um, on John Mara and the New York Giants. And as a Giants fan, it pains me to read that article. But, you know, ultimately, I know it's, it's the truth. Personally, I don't ever see him doing what you're suggesting. So what we're going back. They will never do that. They'll exactly. never do that. I mean, they are, they are truly a third-generation organization, and they think they have the answers, you know. And for Giant fans, you've won 18 games the last five years. You know, your offense can't move the ball at all. You know, you're, you're, you're going to extend Daniel Jones's contract. You'll probably extend Saquon Barkley's contract. They need a voice of reason in their building, and they don't want to hear it. Is there a situation that you think where it'll be blown up again come the end of the season? Because even this week, George, who up to now has had very little, um, I suppose he's been kind of well in with the journalists. This week, he started to kind of go on him a little bit in terms of how his time management on games and how he's play calling the games, which hasn't, yeah. taken, hasn't taken place to date. I, I, I didn't hear your question. I'm sorry. Just around uh, Joe George, last season, I suppose the honeymoon period, he didn't really get a lot of hard conversations from the journalists, but this week, he, he was criticized for his game management last week. Yeah. I just wonder, is there a situation where he may not be there come the end of the season? Well, I mean, look, th th this is the – you can't fire a guy like Judge. This is second year. So that if they fire him, that'll be the that last two coaches. It'll be three coaches after two years get fired. Is it really the coach's fault? You know, at some point, you got to be introspective. I mean, Joe's made his mistakes. I mean, but Joe doesn't, Joe doesn't have Garrett as his coordinator. He would probably have Freddie Childers as his coordinator, but the front office, the, the Mara family, wants Garrett to be the coordinator. They're in love with Garrett. They think he's an outstanding coordinator. I don't see it. They do. We have difference of opinion. Life goes on. But, you know, I think that's where – and then Joe makes his own mistakes, challenging things he shouldn't challenge, calling timeouts when he shouldn't call timeout. I mean, Joe is learning on the job. Joe was a special teams coach in New England. He worked his tail off. But Joe can't walk into the defensive room and tell Pat Graham, look, I want to do this, this, and this. He can't walk in the offensive room and tell Garrett, I want to do this, this, and this. You know, he can walk in the special teams room and tell Thomas McGahee, I, that's what I want to do. But that's hard to solve the problem. So when you get a guy who doesn't have a complete understanding of it, he's relying on his coordinators. And their talent level, let's be honest, their talent level is not very good. They bring Isaiah Wilson in today to put him on practice squad. This is a guy that hates football. He's a first-round pick that never even got dressed for a preseason game. I mean, I've never heard of this before. So uh, they got a long way to go. He said he's found football again in his opening statement. Yeah, I, I found I found a lot of things again, too. You know, I know that. <laughs> you know what that's called? It's I'm out of money. That's called I'm out of yeah, money. Exactly. You yeah. find a lot There's... of things when you go broke. 
Jason Garrett is definitely the owner's whisperer when you consider his relationship with Jerry Jones and now with the Mara family. So he, he's got some special juice yeah. going on. But he went um, to Princeton, so he's really smart. So don't worry about that. that he's all right. He's all right. Um, Michael, uh, The Many Saints of Newark strikes me as a film you might be interested in viewing at some point. Yeah, you York. guys can watch it now. It's going to be called, I mean, do you get HBO Max over there now tonight? We don't. You don't? We don't. No. Oh, uh, damn. You you can you can watch it and tell us how much you enjoyed it and whether it you know serves I as will. Purpose or what what uh, I mean I can't stay show. away until midnight tonight but but it's going to drop so at at at, uh, at so tomorrow morning I might be watching it on HBO Max I don't think I'm going to miss it I might not get any work I might not write tomorrow morning I'm <laughs> I'm dying for it I mean let's face it and I'm dying for that and I, I, there's another. The JFK with Oliver Stone, which is the, a kind of re retrospective into that. I'm dying for that. So hopefully we'll, we'll get some of this out. But I'll let you know for sure on the Many Saints in North. So, sounds good. Sounds good. I, and I'm thinking of film references. There's a, a film I loved, actually, was The Big Lebowski. And Jeff Bridges in that is the dude and the dude abides. But he's not the only dude anymore because there's a dude in the NFL. He happens to be the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Dan Campbell came out and he said, the dude. And you're talking about the heartbreak of the New York Giants over the last five years of 18 wins. I, I still can't even imagine how heartbreaking or how unbelievable it was that the Lions lost that game against the Ravens when you think of the fourth and 19. And then, of course, um, Tucker kicking the you know NFL record field goal. What's your view so far? Because when he was appointed, there was a lot of suspicion about what's this guy doing and does he know what he's doing? What have you seen through the first three games? They're certainly playing hard, but they're still not getting wins on the board. Well, they play hard. That's a good thing. You know, look, he had his chance to win the game. Once, you know, when he went up, when he went up by, uh, I think, two points, right? He went up by two. There's 37 seconds left to go in the game. He needs to kick that ball. He needs to squib kick that ball, okay, and get that ball in bounds and start that clock, okay, because he, he's got the – he knows on the other sideline is the greatest field goal kicker in NFL. He also knows there's a roof over our head. He also knows that in pregame the kid was probably making 62 yarders. So how do I win this game? Well, I got to try to win the game by not letting him cross midfield or reducing the amount of plays. When we're under a minute in the NFL, never, ever think about time on the clock. Always think about how many plays are left. So you take six and divide it into that number. So six in the 37 means the most amount of plays they could get off were six. So if I kick the ball in play, now they can only get five plays off. And if I sack them like I did on the first play, they'll probably only get two more plays after the sack because they don't have any timeouts. A sack is like when you sack a quarterback without timeouts and the line, and they have to come running back, get lined up, that's two plays. So he blew the game at that point. Baltimore should be could be undefeated if they kick the ball in play at 36 seconds. Because what happens? What happens is they kick the ex, they kick the field goal with two seconds on the clock. And and that cost them the game. I feel badly. Look. The NFL screwed him. That should have, that that ball should have been back five more yards. It should have been back five more yards because it was a delay of the game penalty. I don't know how they didn't call it. So, but you know, you got it. Those are those are situational football that you must do. You got to kick it in play. You got to squib it because once it's touched by somebody, 
once you kick it, it's not college. They can't fair catch it. In college, you can't do this. They can fair catch if ball comes to the 25. In pro, you got to do something with it. Yes, sir. Michael, have you got time for one quick round or, or do you have to buy? Yes, yeah, so let's do one the, more. Uh, yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, look, Brady Balachek Sunday. It's a it's a graveyard shift here. We'll be up to 5 a.m. watching it. Is it worth the hype after seeing the Patriots last week, Michael? I'm only joking, but obviously a massive game. Well, I think it will be the fanfare. I mean, for Tom to come back to the place that he created a dynasty is certainly worth seeing, and it'll be emotional. I mean, there, there will be a – it's not going to be he traded on us. I mean, this is – he's coming back, and I think he went to Tampa for different reasons than the most the media make us out to be. But, I, you know, I think the Patriots are a really young team. They added a lot of new players to their team, you know. And so because of that, because of that, they're, they're able to – it's going to take them some time to get this thing going. And I think as the year goes on, they'll get better. But right now, they need to fix their offensive line. And that's been a problem. With Trent Brown not back, that's a problem. Michael, one team that's probably surprised people is the Raiders. There was the, all the talk in the, the draft and people not understanding what they were doing. And they brought in Gus Bradley. And then, you know, they, they made moves on the offensive line. And the Casey Hayward signing kind of flew under the radar. Do you think the, the Raiders are for real this year? Well, I think that they were fortunate to be Baltimore, right? I think that they beat a bad Pittsburgh team and they beat a bad Miami team in overtime. They've won two overtime games so far. I think I think that their defense won't be what everybody thinks it is this year. I think they'll I think water will seek its level with their defense. I don't think their defense is going to be able to do the things. And I think this week against Herbert, if Norton at right tackle can block Crosby and, and then they better help him. If they have time, they will throw the ball on 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 the Raiders. I mean, Miami had them beat. I thought it was pass interference on Will Fuller. Miami should have won that game. They've been very fortunate. That luck runs out at some point. Michael, just looking ahead to tonight's game, and um, when we did our season preview show, I was critical of the Bengals for passing on Penny Sewell and going with Chase. But so far, he, he's he's playing very well. He's the first uh, wide receiver in six years to, to take three touchdowns in over twenty yards. Are you surprised how well they're doing so far? And is Zach Taylor building something there, or is, is it yours to that one? I, I don't. I don't care how many touchdowns Chase scores. They can't block. Bur Burrow gets hit way too much. Burrow get hit tonight. Yeah. I mean, their left tackle's a problem. Their offensive line's still a problem. And because you've won two games, I mean, when they got in Chicago, Burrow got the crap beat out of them. When they play against a good defensive team, and that and that wasn't Pittsburgh. Had T.J. Watt played or Highsmith or Ingram, it might have been a different game. You know, Chase is great. Don't get me wrong. But as I learned from Coach Walsh, you don't fix the wide receiver position until every other position is perfect. And I don't think the Bengals are perfect in other positions. And, Michael, I mean, look, focusing on tonight's game as well, like it's the Jags versus the the, the Bengals. I mean, it's, it, it, is a, it almost describes Thursday night football in some respects. Uh, it is a typical Thursday night football game. But, I mean, can you give us – the only thing I can cling to is like Jamal Agnew now, two 100-yards uh, touchdowns returns. Obviously, the kick six return last week, 109 yards, mirroring uh, Antonio Cromartie and Cordero Patterson for the longest ever plays in the NFL. I mean, that could be exciting to watch. He's booked his ticket to the Pro Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl as a returner already. But is there anything else that you can get us excited about the saying, hey, guys, stay up till half one in the morning to watch this game? Well, 
I mean, it's the NFL, it's football, and anything can happen. And I think watching Trevor Lawrence, I, I, I think it's going to be worth it. They're always going to be good games and seeing the Bengals. The Bengals are good on defense now. The Bengals have a hard – you have a hard time running the ball in the Bengals. So I, I think it's another opportunity, especially if you guys want to bet. you got to study the teams before you bet on them. So it's really about protecting your wallet by staying awake. Shout out to our partners at Matchbook. Michael, uh, look, it's it's always we, we, we always appreciate you taking the time to speak to us, never mind during the season as well and live. Uh, thanks a million for taking the time to chat to us, folks. Check out the Daily Coach as well. And Michael, uh, we will chat again soon. Enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the London games next week as well. I'll let you know how many Saints are. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. All the best. Thanks, Michael. Cheers. Michael Lombardi. Michael, thank you very much for coming on, man, especially live before the biggest game of the season. I've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. One. Headlining. Minutes. Super Bowl halftime show. Do you, do you want to hear who's playing it? Have you seen it? Don't say it. Have you seen it? Nope. Right. Oh, my God. This is great. Colin, guess. Go. Who, who is it? Uh, I've, I've got to go you too. Mark, or sorry, Brian. Gosh. Um, <laughs> no, come on, pass. He doesn't remember any bands off. You, you anyway. mean, say, say Daniel O'Donnell, say Nathan Carter. The, Fury, yeah, the Furies. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, Taylor Swift, Michael. Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Uh, boys, I, I know this is a football show, but Absolutely buzzing for that. I mean, oh, Brian will be that's uh, a in serious the lineup for the bar I, I'm, in SoFi. I, I, that's I a big lineup, boys. That's it fun. is. I figured SoFi would get a big lineup, which is why I was thinking 20 years on from um, you know Bono's uh, kind of um, seminal performance, they may. But no, they've they've that's that's serious business by the NFL. I'll I'm trying to that's literally just been announced. Wasn't uh, wasn't Michael Jackson's famous Super Bowl show? Wasn't that in the Coliseum in LA as well? It's always you know era defining Super Bowl shows when it's in LA. What year was that? Ninety, the Buffalo Bills Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl. 91. I want to say ninety three, but 93. it might have been. I was born in ninety one of the four years the Bills lost. So, Bills okay, fans. here we've got big 93. news as well though. 93. Okay. That was a good year for Down or Derry or one of those teams. I can't remember. But uh, look, big news, boys. What are we doing next weekend? We are. Hold on. By the way, we are going to get our picks in in two seconds. Um, yeah. It was down in 93, by the way, Michael. I'm pretty sure. Wasn't it? Oh, no, Derry. Down with 91, 94. London next week. We are going to yeah. be standing opposite the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, live from 9 a.m., both Sundays. Uh, just on the roof, uh, it's on a rooftop opposite Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So hopefully we get a decent view of the stadium. But uh, lads, delighted to be to be going to London next week. Obviously to the games, but never mind actually having the chance to do the show live on the Sunday column. I, I'd say you're a happy man and and looking forward to this awesome opportunity. Yeah, the uh, first uh, trip off the island since uh, early uh, 2020. So looking forward to that, but looking forward, obviously, to the games and all the razzmatazz that goes with it for the, the London games. Um, I, I hear that um, Brian is going to abseil off of the building and deliver the football into the Spurs <laughs> Stadium, which will be a really special moment. Uh, so people definitely won't want to miss that. 
9 a.m. both Sundays. Brian, you're bringing the coffee. There's a Sainsbury's apparently. Coffees and Irish NFL show umbrellas in case we get some adverse weather conditions. I was actually at the game two years ago, the fourth game there, which was the Raiders and the Bears. And fantastic game and fantastic stadium. And it's, it's well worth taking time out to go to an NFL game in that stadium because it's just conditioned perfectly for, for all fans. It's going to be a great day. And if there is adverse weather, apparently we're inside the side of view of the stadium. I don't know what's going on. Come back to me next week on that. Mark, you're joining this week two, potentially week one. Uh, you're joining this for the good game, one would argue. That's the that's the plan, Michael. Both of them be great games. Look, it's Tottenham Hotspur but Stadium. So whatever happens with the NFL games, it will surely be a better product than the football team that allegedly plays football there put on most Saturdays. So uh, it will definitely be an uplift from what people usually see in that stadium, regardless. Wow, uh, Harry scored a hat trick there tonight. I They're mean, come on, come on. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what i i seen i seen the game there's about 15 people out there'll be more people at the games next week i'm just gonna block mark's face out here though now because well then uh, it's finished brian what's what's the crack with our partners at matchbook obviously code uh, irish nfl show uh we've heard some of the picks towards this weekend what's the current sort of odds that you that you've seen yourself or maybe well, before, we, before i get into what matchbook have presented to us i have to commend you michael because uh, you got 14 out of 16 games correct last weekend so Having not done a Monday night show, I think it would be unfair to go go without mentioning that the only two games that let you down was Sunday night football and Monday night football. So fair play to you. That's some feat. You're still level. I had originally picked the, the Cowboys, Brian, and I, I really appreciate that. And I, I picked the Eagles for the crack on Monday. But yeah, thank you, uh, 49ers. Thanks, man, for that. Appreciate that. In terms of the money this week, Matchbook uh, updated us this morning. Best back team this week. You won't like to hear this. It's the Ravens. Um, the Ravens have received considerable amount of money. And in fact, they recognise that the guys who are backing the Broncos for the first three weeks have now backed, started backing the Ravens. So they've obviously seen enough to put their money elsewhere. Uh, there's a big, a lot of money for the books. A lot of money for the books going into the Patriots. They've, they've, they're fancy to cover the six and a half spread. And uh, this probably won't come as a surprise. The team that's had the least amount of money is the Steelers going into Green Bay. Have you yeah. and, and, and don't worry if you haven't got it. Have you got the handicap for the Steelers there, like in terms of how much they might lose by on Sunday against the Packers? Uh, I believe the handicap at the moment is seven points. Oh. Packers are seven points. My, Michael Lombardi was getting six and a half in the US, wasn't it? Yeah, a matchbook. Can somebody matchbook. Uh, com contact. Can somebody contact the ECB and maybe uh, get involved? Yeah. Irish NFL show code um, for a bonus, both in sterling and in euros, depending on where you live. Massive thanks to our partners at matchbook for the continual support uh, before we get our picks tonight uh we are in navin this weekend um in county mead mead and uh, i'm excited boys we're going sort of halfway so we're actually doing this fairly now so hopefully uh it'll be a good show um column technology cafe in navin we're, and we're given a jersey by this weekend yeah, grew up with um, nightmares about, thought everyone from Mead was about six foot six, watching them beat Cork uh, to smithereens in the uh, in the early 90s in, in football. Um, uh, they just seemed uh, to be to be giants. They could probably play linebacker in, in the NFL. But yeah, looking forward. Um, first uh, show in front of a, a live in-person audience. Um, I don't know if we're going to add a laughter track to it or not, uh, 
We'll have to, to wait and see about that, but it should be a good one. And yes, the competition for the jersey is open until Monday evening. Monday evening, around 10 p.m. We'll see what happens. I, I, very excited to make the picks ahead of week four. And it's the first time that we'll all be sitting on the sofa on a Sunday since week one. So um, yeah. I'm delighted, boys, delighted. Let's make our picks for Thursday Night Football. The Jaguars against the Bengals coming up. Uh, excited for this game, boys, tonight. I'm presuming we're all staying up. Obviously, the game on Sky Sports NFL in Ireland and the UK. Uh, let's let let's just look ahead to the game. Can I ask maybe lads that you spread out towards the edge just so we can get the picks in? I feel bad already. You know, you're, yeah, just maybe. Yeah. Jeez, we won't be getting this in Navin, hopefully, Michael. <laughs> Do you know what? Depending on when we're finished, there might be there might not be any pick graphics on Sunday. <laughs> Let's see what happens, Colin. Uh, you're wearing orange. Um, I presume you're going for the Bengals. Um, well, I, I suppose it's the for the the poor old Jags. They have lost seven consecutive games by, by double digit scores. Um, so they're they're just. You know, there's not a whole lot of hope there. Um, you heard Mike Lombardi say that uh, Urban should take the US, the the USC job. <laughs> um, there, there's not a lot to, to look at. The for the Bengals, they last week no sacks on um, Burrow, uh, which given that they gave up ten through the first couple of weeks, that was really good. And if you give Burrow and Chase time, they will bury you. Um, the problem is the Jags had no sacks against the Cardinals. And um, while they did um, well against the run last week, Joe Mixon is, um, you know, a, a different beast. Um, and the the Bengals are really solid on, on defense. Um, I am picking the Bengals, but um, you know, I, I, I given given my like while you had a brilliant record last week, Michael, I think mine was abysmal. Lindsay Jones's daughter, um, who's five, she gets her to do picks. She was twelve and four last week. She's thirty-two and sixteen on the season. She's easily ahead of what I am. So whilst I'm going for the Bengals, that could mean that the the Jags could spring a surprise. Well, let's not say that because the graphics are made already. But here, I actually, I don't mean to jump in, Brian, but the, last week, like, I sat for maybe a day looking at it. Like, I genuinely thought those teams would win. Like, I, it just made, it actually stuck out to me as one of the easier weeks. Like, I thought the Vikings would win. We'll talk about the Vikings on Sunday at 10 a.m. against uh, Cleveland. It's a big game. But sorry, Brian, back on tonight. Uh, are you going to go 1-0 for week four so far? Who have you got? Well, I just want to jump back to that Jags game last week because they were in front and a, a shocking call was played. Like usually when they do a flea flicker where the running back uh, is taking the ball and then hands it back to the quarterback, that usually means it's going 40, 50 yards down the field because someone has, has escaped the secondary. You don't tend to throw it up for 20 yards allowing a quarterback to intercept it and run it, run it back. And that was the game because at, up to that stage, and that was the middle of the third quarter, the Jags were in the game and they just found, I wouldn't say they found ways to lose it, the Cardinals are comfortable in the end, but I think the game was a little bit more tight than people than people think. But uh, no, for this game, no, I'm with the Bengals. Um, Michael Lombardi touched on it there. Their defense is playing really well this season. They've had a uh, minimum of three sacks per each game so far this season. Last season, they only did that in two games in total. So the defense is playing really well. Um, and the Borough, yeah, Borough Chase is a connection from LSU days, and it seems to be working. And uh, I'm surprised how quickly it's it's 
it's got going. But there's other players there, Tyler Boyle and Mixon, like they've got good players there. So for me, the Bengals will win and go three and one. I don't, I don't know what's giving me more pleasure tonight. Hearing Colm say when we're going to be there live and uh, giving kind of Bill vibes coming off from Please. that with a beautiful Cork accent. Uh, or, um, you know, if you give Burrow and Chase time and all that was going through my mind was Burrow and Chase either being some kind of 70s cop sitcom or some kind of, you know, team of intrepid reporters or something. Like it's an acronym. I was sure they're... Uh, uh, Brian just mentioned the key pay player for me, though, Joe Mixon. Um, he's been getting the hard yards for them on the ground. He's been obviously protecting Burrow somewhat by obviously people having to respect the run game. He is underrated and continues to drive that team on. When I flip it to the Jaguars, obviously last year, Robinson was such a great um, kind of surprise. James Robinson surprise, good news story. Hasn't had the same momentum this year. They can't block very well. Lawrence clearly has the arm, but still getting up to speed with the NFL. And yeah, God knows Urban Meyer is still getting up to speed with the NFL. Um, for me, last week was more about the Cardinals playing down to the opposition. You look at things like the kick six and um, moments like that, and they really let the Jags hang around. Uh, AFC North is too competitive. Bengals have to keep plowing ahead. And I think they will have more than enough for the Jags tonight. So I'm on the Bengals. Um, ju just quickly on on that, growing up in Cork in the in the early '90s, uh, it was the um, holy trinity of Jimmy Barry Murphy, Dave Barry, Bill O'Herlihy, uh, with a soundtrack of the Sultans of Pain, and it was magic. There you have it. Um, where where is my jumper, Colin? Where is it? I tell, you say, I tell you what I'm going to say. Chubby Chase, Mark, at one stage. Chubby Chase. <laughs> I met Chubby Chase a few years ago. He's, he, he's a nice guy. Boys. Uh, all these guys. You, uh, met, you met David Hasselhoff as well. I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of people you, you mean. Can you all hear that? Yeah. No. Yeah. But the, surely, no? da surely David Hasselhoff is the halftime guest at the NFL Germany games next year. Are we supposed to be hearing a Bengals song in the background, Mike and Harry? Yeah, you'll hear it, no? Uh, just about, just about. All right, hold on, how's this? Yeah? You know, we've been getting abuse for months and months saying that we don't ever pick the Bengals. So I'm going to pick the Bengals tonight. Why? Because, you know. Michael's pick pick the Bengals. We've had people give out just for not talking about the Bengals. <laughs> Never mind well, picking. I want to give a big shout out to um, Houday. UK and um, Bengals Ireland, I've literally forgot her name, which, which is great because I'm probably watching right now. Um, no, here, look, tip the Bengals. obviously, hmm? tip the Bengals, tip the Bengals, tip the Bengals. Yeah. Um, look, the, the, this is not even going to be a contest tonight. I would say if you're thinking of staying up, don't, um, <laughs> there's no point, like it, it'll tomorrow. be over in the second quarter. No, seriously, save yourselves. For the return of the king, save yourselves for, for for Sunday night football when when Tom Brady is going to destroy the New England Patriots. On that, but for Henry Hudson, that was just a bit of crack. Um, we we are encouraging everyone <laughs> to watch as many NFL games as possible. Uh, Absolutely, so, it's late, Colin. It's late. Pay for it's Game late. Pass, buy the produce. <laughs> of course, buy Game Pass, etc. No, look, it's it's a game for me that I'll be recording. 
and getting up at half six in the morning uh, with hopefully flight mode on and be watching it there. Mm-hmm. But I fully expect the Bengals to win by a lot, to be honest. And I think if the Bengals do win and the Jaguars go 0-4, the American media will start calling for Urban Meyer's head. And in two weeks' time in Tottenham, uh, Mark Cockerell is going to ask Urban Meyer if he thinks he should resign uh, at the media after the game. Probably. Because you actually imagine that's, that, that, that's an area. Seriously. I'll go and pat him on the back, Mark. COVID, you're not allowed. You console him. You console him, Brian. <laughs> um, in fairness, actually, guys, because we didn't do a Monday night show, I do want to call out, and not only did Michael get the picks right, but I think I bet against the Broncos the week before. So I want to congratulate the Broncos, obviously, on being 3-0. and I mean, you're well on the way to a great maybe 3-6 and six or 4-5 and five starts the season. So well, Can't wait for Monday night, Brian. Oh, sorry, Mark. Can't, can't wait for Monday night. Just, just keep it coming. I, if I were you with your prodigy coming back to the to to to, to New England this Sunday, I Michael's already declared. Michael declared his hand very early on Monday this week by confirming on, on social. I can't wait for next Monday when we're four or no. Well, I watched. I mean, we we were in Belfast. We all seen the the Lions Ravens game. We've all seen what they can do. Look, it, it is what it is, boys. We we need to get going. We're, I'm going to Navin here, so. I need to get going here now before we... Just, uh... just a question. Mark, do you know when that set Wickersham book about Bill Belichick and and and, <laughs> and, and everything that went Robert on? When is that out. coming out? Uh, I'm sure that, uh, it will come out sometime soon. It's funny. Um, Wickersham actually did a piece in on ESPN, uh, which was kind of the anti-Spygate story, or the anti-Deflategate uh, story. And uh, it was kind of almost put out there as ESPN being balanced coverage uh, in relation to the uh, the whole stupidity of the flake gate. Um, so he was like, oh, no, isn't this guy good? And it's like, it looks a pretty much a hack job to me in terms of some of the clips that are coming out already. And yeah, I'm damn sure Bill Belichick is an arsehole sometimes, um, as every successful person in every single industry in every single sport has ever been. Um, you go around to John Wooden, he has some great inspirational moments. He was also an arsehole at times. Mike Shanahan, definitely an arsehole at times. So, you know, revelations like this aren't really revelations. They're actually pretty, you know, just sensationalistic. So, yeah, I'm more trying to deal with my emotions for Sunday night because, frankly, guys, and I know you're not as excited or kind of motivated by this, this is as big as Gretzky going back to the Oilers after the big uh, King's Ransom trade. Bigger than that, like. This is big. Well, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, all of Canada was watching that one. Um, so maybe it's big because all of America will be watching this one. There isn't really, I'm trying to, I was trying to get parallels in relation to this. You know, is it Babe Ruth going back to Boston after going to the heated Yankees and winning a few World Series? Like, it is that monumental. There is no comparison. He's going to break, barring injury, uh, the uh, all-time yardage record, of course, in the same game. Like I called out in the season preview, just how the NFL had drafted up the schedule intentionally in that regard. Um, it is like the ex-wife is coming back, but by the way, she's coming back showing off a hotter um, boyfriend who's 20 years younger, and she's got the pet dog who now hates you, that's Gronk, um, as well at the same time. Um, I'm fascinated to see how the Patriots fans will react, because will they give him the goodbye he never really got a chance to experience? Or will it be Bostonian hatred back because he's now not Tommy Boy, he's on the wrong side? Um, so that reaction is going to be fascinating to see. And it is a massive storyline. 
in that regard. He will make match, I think, by the way, I'll give you my pick already. He's going to match uh, Brett Favre and Peyton Manning as the only players to have ever beaten all 32 franchises in the NFL. So, if they don't show him some respect, I tell you what, whatever respect I have for that organization is done. Never had any anyway, but <laughs> imagine not giving Brady respect after ever he's done for Seriously. But I mean, like, it's a fan base. Like, I mean, do you support Brady or do you support the franchise? That's, I, I, that's what I'm getting six rings, Boston six fans. Rings. Have you watched Celtics games? Have you watched Red Sox games? Like, you know, different, it's different gravy, though. It's, it's different gravy. The franchise really absolutely respect him in relation. They'll never have another opportunity to do something like that, even at a retirement ceremony. But the Patriots will wait for a retirement ceremony or a jersey ceremony to a season that they're going like. Oh, and and Michael, time. sorry, sorry, if you want to draw that comparison, how did the Green Bay Packers fans treat Brett Favre? Well, that's that's I different. Mean, I wouldn't have been the Broncos comparison, but you never had anyone this good ever come back. To what them. about Manning going back to Indianapolis? No, our our QBs win Super Bowls and ride off into the sunset, Mark. That's true. That's true. You just pick them up after the they're, they're broken with Peyton Manning. All right. Anyway, all right. He oh, is the moment of the NFL season so far. I, I tell you, we already started Sunday show. <laughs> we are, but I, know, I forgot. I heard this at Wembley in 2015, and I was buzzing. I thought it was a Tottenham Hotspur song or something. Uh, see you boys on Sunday, yeah? Thanks very Absolutely. much. This Take is care. great. The NFL needs more chance. God bless. It's yeah. long and fun.